Hey y'all, Pastor Emil here with another episode of Sweet Jesus. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Ice cream is sweet, but Jesus is far sweeter. And we do have ice cream. And I have a friend here today, Ekum, who may love ice cream almost as much as I do. That's not healthy, but it's it's terribly so unhealthy. So I've very heard. unhealthy. But ice cream is uh, still pretty sweet. Jesus is sweeter. Friendship is sweet. Jesus is sweeter. We're going to talk about that today. Uh, I've got Ecom Grigsby here. He lives in Slidell, but he's the pastor at Word of Life Church in Donaldsonville, Louisiana, right? Yes. And uh, he's also with PPM, Praying Pelican Missions, which is, uh, I think, a fantastic organization. They certainly have... Uh, some really outstanding ideas and goals. Uh, what do you have a, an official title? Ministry leader. Ministry leader. Yes. So Ecom is a ministry leader with Praying Pelican Missions. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about all of that in a little bit. But first, I got to ask you the question I ask everybody. Mm-hmm. What's so sweet about Jesus? Well, I'm going to give you the answer that I probably would give to everyone. For me, Jesus is love. Are you about to eat your ice cream already? Well, I got to eat while you talk. Okay. Because I can't eat and talk at the same time. Do I get a chance to eat? Or? Well, it depends how much you're going to say. No, that, that was my that was my my answer. Jesus is or God is is love. So um, he told us in, in the Gospel of John that by this love, as a matter of fact, he called it a commandment. He says, a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another. And I notice, I love how he says that you love one another as I have loved you. So for me, my, my short answer, Pastor, is uh, love. Yeah. Well, you know the context of where he says that, right? As I have loved you, what has he just done? That's when he wiped their feet? Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. PPM connection. <laughs> Servant. Bam. See, we went there already. Well, I love that part, as I have loved you, right? So I like to say it this way because we know eventually his 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 love was laying his life down, a uh, complete life of surrender. So for me – that's where I like to go. Jesus is sweet because he surrendered his life for me. It's the least I can do for others. It's the least I can do um, with my life. He's a, he's the model. He's the mentor. He's the one we want to be like. So he's not. He's sweet, and he's love. Love is pretty sweet. Does that answer the question? It does. All right, so we're done with the podcast, I think. <laughs> Come on, man. We've been here like three hours already talking about all kinds of other stuff. Yeah. So how have you seen this uh, sweet love of Jesus in your life? He, he, so I, I always share this with, with people when I talk about that because God is love. But I think for me personally, the thing that we need to experience that love. And it's one thing to say that he is without knowing intimately what he is. So for me, it's knowing that I'm loved first. And so for it's all about relationship. It's all about um, – I'm going to back up for a second. So 
when I got born again, when I got saved, when I surrendered my heart to Christ, um, I did some of the things that, that most people do, you know, um, you pray, you, you, you go to church, you do all those things, but it became more of a, I'm doing this because I have to Mm. versus once I begin to, um, I would use this word, encounter him, know him, spend time with him, pray, read his word. It be, it became less less about the ceremony and more about the relationship. And out of that is when I began to experience that, man, God loves like, yo, I'm going to say it how I really say it, Like, yo, God loves me. Mm. And then that didn't lead me to uh, being arrogant or pompous. It led me to be more humble. I, 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 I want to know him more, and the more I know him, the more – I recognize how much he loves me. So I would say for me personally, it's it's finding out that he's in love with me. Are you taking notes? Oh, yeah. Okay. I try to be a good interviewer. Yeah. So how did you have this encounter? What, uh, you know, what led up to this? You, you said getting saved. How old were you? Uh, I think I've just in conversations we've had before, I get the impression, obviously, you weren't always a churchgoer, you weren't always following Jesus, or you made a comment at some point, like, all oh, those things that I did before I got saved, <laughs> you know, what people typically do. We don't want to talk about those We things. don't have to talk about all yeah. those things, but we can talk about some of them, because the reason why I started doing this podcast, and this is helpful for listeners, too, because I don't know if I say this often enough. I went through hell in church. So like people who should have known better, mm-hmm. uh, should have been better, were actually worse. Mm-hmm. Like I sometimes I'm like, I'm with Jesus. I want to hang out with the the tax collectors and sinners. Come on. They're way cooler. <laughs> They're way nicer actually sometimes. Um so so the point of this was to say there has got to be a place for people that go to church that mm-hmm. need to hear these things so that they understand how they come across and why the world <laughs> hates their guts so much sometimes. Uh, but also church people that maybe don't go to church anymore because of those kinds of things, but they still think Jesus is pretty cool. They haven't given up on Jesus. They gave up on people. They gave up on institutions, but they didn't give up on Jesus. And then there are people that maybe are totally outside that, don't know Jesus, don't know church, don't want to know Jesus, don't want to know church, and they're kind of like, well, why should I even care? And uh, or or how could God love someone like me? Right, and so that's why I mean I haven't been a hundred percent transparent about everything that's wrong with me, but yeah, yeah. Uh, I try to make it obvious that I know there's an awful lot wrong with me that I that um you know that God demonstrated his love by loving me cuz he knows me better than I know me and he was still like all right come on in even though I knew that that God loved me it took I would say at least 10 I was about 35 when I realized when that when 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 I heard that he loved me, I read that he loved me. Um, I quoted that he loved me. I was about, so I got, I got born again when I was 23. I was about 30. I actually, man, I, I remember exactly where I was standing when I, when I realized that I'm loved. Um, 
But to back all the way up, um, I think we were talking about earlier. Can I say this pre podcast or no? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. P P C. Yeah. Pre podcast. Um, someone was mentioning on, on about Bourbon Street, and there are people with the signs. Mm, yeah. And so for me, my my first encounter um, happened on Bourbon Street with people with signs saying you're going to hell or something like that. Except for it was like a a little couple. That was a little smoother than the people with the signs mm. who pulled me aside. It was it was the night before Mardi Gras. They pulled me aside. Um, I hope this is okay. No, yeah, okay. it's fine. Yeah. They pulled me aside and they they handed me a track. Um, it was right next to a, a a club, and they handed me a track, and I started yelling at them about Jesus. They were yeah, they were telling me about Jesus. Started I started yelling at them about Jesus. Um, I think I had a beverage in my hand. And then while they were talking to me, which I didn't know what this was at the time, um, I had an encounter. I'm, just, I'm not going to go into detail on Facebook, but I had this encounter with God on the inside. And then they said to me, dude, you just heard from God, bro. <laughs> because when I started yelling at them, I was like, how do you know this information about me? And they were just handing me a track. So I went home. My my mom and dad were. I, I joke when I say this. Rest in peace, parents. But they were kind of saved. <laughs> and my okay. mom. Well, then said, I'm kind of happy for you. Yeah. And my mom was like, "You need to go to church, boy." God told her what happened. The next day, um, I went to a particular church. It was they were putting ashes on their head, mm. and I kind of grew up with that. And I was like, uh. and then I was like, "Mom, can I go to church with you?" It was a non denominational church. I walked in. Everybody was acting crazy, but I felt like crazy happy to see you, or they were not. No, no, or? no. There was stuff going on in the church. Okay, they were praying. They were. Oh, yeah, okay. I was very like, active. A lot of yes. activity. And I was like, this feels like home. Mm. So I stayed. Uh, a few weeks later, um, they made an altar call, and I, I went to the altar. I didn't really know what I was doing, but I just knew I needed to pray this prayer. Um, my pastor at the time said to me, he goes, your name is already written in the book of life. Um, follow, follow Jesus. So I still preach that today. We are Jesus followers. So that's kind of how it started for me. That's the first encounter. But I didn't awaken to the reality of what happened until I was 35, if, that, if that's the right language to use. That's cool. So, so <laughs> maybe we should take those kids coming for St. Patrick's Day and do some street evangelism. I think they can get the cultural, hey, we're getting to go to see New Orleans mm-hmm. and we'll meet the next Ecom Grigsby. I hope so. Or the next Billy Graham. Or the next Billy Graham. Or the next Pastor Amel. Well, yeah. Maybe more Billy Grahams and Ecom Grigsby's. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I hope. I don't know. That's awesome. And, you know, what What was that like? Am I you, chewing you, really loud? That's okay. Mm-hmm. They can turn us down. Sorry. It uh, so much about your your experience. They're, you're yelling at them because God has. I'm just clarifying kind mm-hmm. of what you were talking about. Mm-hmm. Because God was convicting you of sin, or because God was doing kind of the the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman, like. Hey, you've had five husbands, and the one you're with now isn't even your husband. And 
I can be more specific. I'm just trying to. You don't have to. I, I'm just, uh, you know, I, just the whole thing is fascinating that a lot of times in general, people are mad at us. So I talked about how churches and Christians can be really awful, and they can. Mm-hmm. I'm <laughs> ready to admit that. But there's also a sense in which people are convicted by our very presence, right? The presence of God so in us, good. the Holy Spirit. And so when we face people that are yelling and screaming at us in our face, the reason people are upset, Moses has this all the time, right? They're all yelling at Moses because they're mad, they're hungry, they're thirsty, they're tired, they're just looking back, grass is greener in Egypt, which let's go back to slavery. Yeah, well, that was that was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and then God said, "They're not they're not mad at you. They're mad at me. They've not rejected you. They've rejected me." And uh, sometimes I think we forget that and we take it way too personally, mm. way too personally. But that's pa- we're pastor talking now. Hey, man, uh, <laughs> be who you are, right? Yeah. I, you know, I'm, this is supposed to be authentic. You know. Because you don't get a whole lot of that in church sometimes. I actually, if I can jump in, I think I thank God that I wasn't raised. I always say it this way. We were non-practicing whatever religion we were, non-practicing. We yeah. went to church only for Easter or Christmas or if somebody died. But it wasn't, Christianity wasn't part of our DNA. It wasn't part of our lifestyle. It wasn't, I didn't know Jesus. I knew about church. Mm. And when you, I guess for, for, for me, if you know about church and you know about people, sometimes people can turn you away from the church. Yeah. Right. So I'm glad God met me where he met me because I don't think it could have happened for me any other way. I was too arrogant, too proud, too angry, too upset, too many bad things that happened to me. It had to happen that way. Um, and so even later as I got into the church, and started growing, if it hadn't happened on the streets, I don't think it would have changed me. Mm. You know, so that's fascinating. I uh I actually have a book idea. Right now from this? Well, I'm working on one. Okay. I actually have ten, I think. Did I tell you this? No. Okay. Well, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> so I have like ten, you know, and some of them have titles, some of them don't. But there's one I'm actually writing right now. Like I actually have, I don't know. I don't know how many words you're supposed to have in a book. But I got a lot of words. <laughs> I don't know how many. So I've noticed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the right business, baby. <laughs> yes. Um, but one of them, I'm, I'm going through John, Gospel of John. I'm reading that right now as well. <clears throat> I, I kind of felt that vibe, even though you weren't saying it. And it's about the encounters. That word you've used countless times in our conversation already, unprompted. That's why I'm bringing this up. Holy Spirit, hey, whatever you want to do, we already asked him to do that, right? Mm -hmm. So, And the word encounter is part of the title, and then that's kind of like, how can we as Christians, looking through the Gospel of John, looking at these encounters with Jesus— how can we learn how to reach people? Because ultimately, we're not reaching them for church. We want them to have an encounter yes, yes. with the living Excuse Christ. 
right? We want them to meet Jesus. We don't want them to, uh, you know, sign some set of, hey, I agree to the, it's not a contract. Mm -hmm. It's not a doctrinal agreement, although I do believe doctrine is important. Uh, I don't think that that's something you shouldn't ever talk about, but that's not the essence Right, yeah, of what yeah. Christianity is. The essence of what Christianity is is <clears throat> meeting the living Christ. Absolutely. And having him speak to you and bring you to this new place where, where you actually experience the love of God somehow. Yeah. Now, as a Lutheran, I've got a disclaimer uh-huh. in my preface. Uh-huh. Okay, I actually have a preface and an introduction and so, and a benediction. Uh, <laughs> not yet, not yet. But we'll get there. But it kind of a disclaimer because Lutherans don't talk like this. So I might get myself thrown out. I don't know. So I've heard. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm not actively trying to actually, you uh-huh. know. But we because feelings and experiences aren't trustworthy. Mm-hmm. You know, so sometimes. You can have an experience, you can have a feeling, and it could be last night's chili, right? I mean, it may not be— It's an interesting feeling. It, Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, of course, the Bible says test the spirits, test the feelings, I think is a fair application of that, test the experiences. Is this of God? Is it not of God? But I don't think we can deny that we can put people in church— we can tell them all the right things, but until they encounter Jesus, until they actually feel it somehow, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. I think that's the key, Paul, Acts chapter 9, right? Damascus, he's, right? He's he's on his way to kill, steal, and destroy. He's on his way to take people to jail, to prison. He has this encounter, and then he writes two-thirds of the New Testament. A complete transformation on one encounter. I believe that. We actually started a um, a conference years ago called Encountering Jesus, where the whole thing was to get people to experience him. And we, 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 we stopped it after a while, but I believe that's that's the key to, 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 to see him, to know him. We talked about that. Like our, our vision, our, our church, shout out to Word of Life, our vision is to reflect Jesus and reveal his kingdom. So with that, when we go out and, and, and meet people, because I think a lot of people have been around church for a while, but haven't been around Jesus in a long time. Mm. And so what we want is what I experienced. I, I guess that's what that's where it come from, because I, I, that's where it came from. For me, even my wife, <laughs> um, we didn't know what we were doing, still don't a little bit, but now it's at the point where what I do know is for someone who's lost or someone who's been in church for a while or someone who just doesn't understand religion, what I do know, at least I think I know, is if you see Jesus, everything will change. Mm. Everything will change. So, yeah. That's what happened I can, for you. Yeah, I can tell you about when I, when I got to the place where I actually was like, my private talk, yo, Jesus really loves me. Sure. I was well because you said that's what's so sweet about Jesus. Yeah, he loves me. He loves me. Right? I was doing a crusade in um, in Kenya, and we wow. had just spent twenty thousand dollars to do this large evangelistic crusade, and nobody showed up. Wow. 
And I felt like through through our time of praying and interceding for the city and all those things, we we're about to have the largest crowd we've ever had. I felt like I was confirmed. Like it was just in my heart we're about to have the largest crowd I've ever had. And when I stood before the people, there was maybe 15 people there. And for a brief moment, this is one of the encounters, for a brief moment, Pastor, I was upset. And just in my spirit, just in my heart, I heard the Holy Spirit say, I love you. And it didn't matter how many people were there. Mm. It just mattered that I was there with him. Yeah. And that, even though on Bourbon Street it was amazing, that that inward witness that said, I love you. Now, we eventually had 11,000 people show up, largest crusade we've ever done. It grew <laughs> it grew over a time, but it didn't matter that for me, this is like, I'm just being personal. It didn't matter that only one person was there or 15 people was there. What mattered was I knew Jesus was there. And so that's the encounter that really changed my life. Well, and there's more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons. Come on. That need no repentance. As we say, you preaching better than I'm shouting. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, I'm not Lutheran. I, yeah, but I, I can't be. Could you? Yeah. Would you want to be? We can't talk about this. <laughs> talk. I don't want to get you in trouble. So yeah, that's fine. That's fine. No, I, I, I think Luther actually. God, there's so many things I want to say. If you. Well, that's the problem with this, right? Like, there's just an endless amount of things we could talk about. Sometimes. Yeah. But I think for, you know, I talk a little bit about how Lutherans don't speak this way. But actually, Martin Luther does, Mm -hmm. sort of, right? You know, I mean, he's in church. He's in religion. He's steeped in it. He's living it. He's breathing it. He's actually very good at it. Mm -hmm. And it brings him absolutely no peace. Come he, on. He's he's got no peace. Can you say that again? So, I'll try. Yeah. I, I you know. Come on, spirit. Uh <laughs> Martin Luther was steeped in religion. He was in church. He was uh living it and breathing it. His entire life was wrapped up Excuse in me. church. Mm-hmm. He was actually very good at it. That's the part I wanted you to say again. And I eventually got there. He was very good at it, but he still had no peace. And then I I might be just making this up, but I feel like there's all these stories about Luther and his conversion, like kind of when it happens. Uh, it, it may have been more than one, mm-hmm. but the thing that he was wrestling with was, was he good enough? Wow. There's uh, one spot, and I'm not going to do justice to it, but it, there's a quote of his where he, he says something like, you know, as if it wasn't bad enough that God gave us Moses. He had to heap uh, insult upon insult, burden upon burden by giving us Christ. That's how he felt. Because Jesus, when you read the New Testament, Jesus actually has an even higher standard than Moses. You know, he says, you have heard that it was said. Matthew 5. Mm-hmm. 
you know, mur- you shall not murder. But I say, don't even get angry with your brother. Um, you've said, don't commit adultery. I say, don't even look at a woman with lustful intent. Mm-hmm. Right? He says, Mark 7, it's not what you put into your body that makes you unclean. It's what comes out. Because out of the heart, right? so Jesus is going, boom, sucker punch. Yeah, like, he's coming for us. Like, you are just that screwed up. <laughs> like, you you can't put the the fancy... Outside, you know, you can't. You can be whitewashed tombs. You can look beautiful on the outside and be dead on the inside. And he actually says that to the most active religious people, right? Mm. So this is Luther, and the word righteousness was kind of what he got caught up on. <clears throat> you know, the, a righteousness from God. You can read about this in Corinthians, in Romans. And he's thinking, well, so now Christ has given us a righteousness from God that exceeds Moses' righteousness Come from on. God. Meaning, now I got to be like a thousand times better to get in. God doesn't. God's not going to love me until. But then it it, it dawns on him that it's the word is actually the righteousness is a gift. It's Christ's righteousness. Mm. That is our righteousness. Yeah. So that doesn't mean we don't try. It doesn't mean we don't serve and love and uh, demonstrate the fruits of the spirit: love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, all you know, all that kind of stuff. But it just means that that's not the basis for whether we're in and whether we're loved. So, so that's kind of the like. Whoosh, God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us so that we yeah. might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Yes. So we're the righteousness of God in Christ. Mm-hmm. No matter what we do, no matter what we don't do, we should do those things. And we want to do those things. As You know, the way you talked about prayer and church and all those kind of things. Yeah. You You can't parse this grace and works thing without actually knowing Jesus. Absolutely. Because once you know Jesus, like you said, he's he's asking you for the moon. <laughs> right? I mean, he is. But you're like, okay, I'll give it a shot. Because I know if I don't get it done perfectly, I'm still in. I'm, it, it, the way I've uh, often talked about it, you know, trapeze artists... In like a circus, you know, they go up on the big mm-hmm. things, they swing back and forth, and they flip, and they do all these crazy things. They practice with this enormous net <laughs> underneath. Yeah, that's good. So they can try all kinds of stuff until they get it, right? That's not to say that we ever get it before we see Jesus again, but at least we may get better at it, but we may not get it. Get it. But we can go crazy trying and failing, because man, God's like right here. This big ginormous net. So I don't know. Can I read scripture? Sure. Sure. Is that okay? I mean, I don't know. The Bible's a little Well uh, <laughs> <laughs> Do we like the Bible? Yes, we love the Bible. We yeah. love the word. It, uh, Ephesians three, um I'm gonna start at verse seventeen. That Christ may dwell in your heart by faith, that you being rooted 
and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the King James Version, the breadth, the length, and the height, and the depth, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that I might be filled with all the fullness of God. Paul Go ahead. is praying. He's on his knees for the church in Ephesus and probably plenty others. And what is he praying for? Man, I really hope we get a bigger building. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I really wish we could get some new sound equipment. Man, I really wish these people would stop sinning. He says, I wish they could know the love of God. Yeah. Perfect passage, brother. That's where I, that's where I am. That's where I hope that we are. We live there. That I want people to know the love of Christ. And if I start to get emotional, it's because you're allowed to get emotional and eat ice cream, which, by the way, is melting. It's melting. Well, yes, you bet. Are you going to eat it? Are you <laughs> going to try? I, it? I took a bite. I started getting loud, so I, just, <laughs> I stopped. I stopped. Okay. Well, this is uh, this is good stuff here. I showing people Jesus, showing people the love of Jesus. Do you think people realize? their need for love? Like, do you think people, because there's a lot of stuff out there. I've been dipping my toe in the water a little bit with, are you familiar with the deconstruction movement? No. Okay, so deconstruction is basically like, uh, no, I don't think, (laughs) we're not going where you might think we're going. Deconstruction is basically like church people, Christians, that are deconstructing their faith. So people that constructed something or something was constructed for them by parents, by churches, Mm -hmm. some that are probably very, very toxic, certainly not Jesus, right? And so they're now deconstructing. They're taking it apart and, and then trying to reassemble something in its place. And very often it doesn't include the church, doesn't include Jesus. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd be okay with the church part uh, as the way it manifests itself sometimes. But what do you uh, – I, and I, when I see the things that they post, I'm kind of like, but don't you realize that you're just filling it with the same kinds of things? So they got church wrong, right? Their parents got church wrong. Their pastor got church wrong because they didn't give them Jesus. They didn't talk about this love thing. They beat the heck out of them and made them behave, basically, that uh, they forgot that Jesus hung out with tax collectors and sinners, prostitutes, demon-possessed, Mary Magdalene, right? He's hanging out in those places. He ain't hanging out so much with the people that got it all perfect. So, So they have this terrible experience, and they throw the whole thing out, and they act like they they don't need this, oh, God who loved the world, you know, by sending his son and, and all that kind of stuff. Do you see, can you think about, have you bumped into anybody that you just go, no, you still need this. You just don't know you need it. So I think, yes. So there's two things that you said. I wish I had my pen to start taking notes, writing things down. But I think sometimes sure. unintentionally, Unintentionally, we've made um, this thing about behavior modification versus heart transformation. 
Mm. And so when you, when you know him, and I'm just going to simplify it, when you know him, you become a disciple, a discipline learner, a follower as you begin to follow. I wish we could stand up and play follow the leader right now. <laughs> but I, I demonstrate this all the time, that if I'm following the leader, Jesus, and I do what he does, eventually I become, I be, I bec- it's easier to mimic the model, right? So I've gotten church wrong. I have four kids, and I pray. I'm praying for them right now that they don't have to deconstruct anything. <laughs> but, I got four kids too, and I. <laughs> but um, I know, uh, and this is practical, and I hope this can help someone. But I, I shared this recently that my, my my some of my kids left to go to school, and I, I I do spend time in prayer, and I was praying and and praying for my kids, and when they left to go to school, I was really praying for my kids. Yeah, and just on the inside, I, um, I felt the Holy Spirit say this to me. Are you done praying from fear? Mm. Because everything was like, I don't want the world to get on them. I don't want, I, I still say this to my daughter, don't get bit. It's a joke. Like vampires are out there, you know? Yeah. And, and sometimes my reaction, everything was, I was afraid that the devil was going to get them, you know, yeah. because of my experiences. But I got to the place where I started praying. Now I pray from the posture of love. And love never fails. So God is love. Mm. He will never fail. And so now my, if I'm saying this right, so I think sometimes the decent, we need church. He's the head of the church. We're the body. Mm. Now we may do church differently, oh, yeah. but I think yeah. you need the the life-giving Fellowship, for sense? sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So okay. when I say church, I'm usually talking about like the way it's been organized. For Religion. The last, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But you need the church. You need believers. You need fellowship. We're actually trying to do more church. Nice. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Wow. I told you I'm busy. (laughs) (laughs) So you just have worship services every? We have. So we have the worship on Sunday. We even have prayer before service. Okay. Then um, Monday night, we have Monday night prayer and healing school, which is more like a classroom. It's not, we're in the sanctuary, but it's more like a teaching, specific subjects. Then Tuesday, we have Spirit Life, Spirit Life Tuesday, um, where we're teaching on things like what we're talking about now, specific things to to transform our thinking, you know? Yeah. Um, like we talked about off, like... <laughs> PPC. Yeah, we talked about off like <laughs> pre podcast to to get us to the place as a community of believers. That's what I call it. To where uh, Jesus is our Lord. Am I making sense? What He's the Lord. He's mm-hmm. He's He's my Lord. So I don't identify as this or that. I identify as what He says I am. Mm. And then on Wednesdays we have Bible study. And then on Thursdays we're moving to um, life groups. Okay, so that's a lot of church. Yeah, Yeah. right now we just do a video Sunday recap, but we're moving to that. Must be busy. It's a lot. (laughs) What the heck are you doing here? (laughs) What the heck are you doing with PPM? Loving you, man. Loving you, man. (laughs) Oh, you are. You are loving, uh, loving well, brother. Loving. Can I say her name? Whose name? The lady we just had a meeting with. Oh, Lori. Yeah, loving Miss Lori. Yes, you could say her name. I think. Shout out to Miss Lori. Yeah. We uh, spent an hour giving you lots of work. Yay. <laughs> You're welcome. So uh, you talked a little bit about Word of Life Church. Am I talking too much? No. No. I don't okay. Think so. 
Um, Can you do that for me one time? Do what? (laughs) (laughs) You got to say something funny first. I don't got nothing. (laughs) Uh, Ecom's been uh, really enthralled by the soundboard here and all the buttons and the preloaded sound bite things and so I had to give him the laugh track. So tell us about PPM. How did you get connected with Praying Pelican Missions? So um, my daughter, Tatum Grigsby, soon to have a child, um, was going to school in Oklahoma and it was, I can't remember the exact name of the hurricane that came, but it was a hurricane that came in Houston a couple years ago. Harvey? I, I'm not mm-hmm. sure which one it was, but she started working with PPM doing hurricane relief um, for a couple years while she was in college. And then we recently had um, the hurricane, Hurricane Ida. Okay. And PPM was looking for a church that was kind of in the, the zone of what took place. And then just so happened they looked and saw my name and said, hey, that's Tatum's dad. They reached out to me. Um, we started helping with hurricane relief. So what we're doing with you guys is not hurricane relief, but um, so PPM's main goal is to connect the global church with the local church, build lasting relationships. Um, I think I sent you a video. Did I send you the video? Maybe. Okay. Maybe I can share it if not. But yeah, that's how I got with PPM. Started with disaster relief and now connecting local churches with local churches. Mm. So. Yeah, so uh, we what we were doing earlier with Miss Lori, we had uh, we're having a, a group come from a, a school in Missouri. I hope so. Yeah. Fifty kids, seniors. Uh, this is their senior trip, so they're not going to like Jamaica or Aruba or uh, I don't know where else do you go on a senior trip? I didn't Disney. Really go anywhere. Disney. Yeah. Disney. They're not going to Disney World. They are coming here to Slidell, and they're going to spend a week with us serving people. So they they come Saturday, and then Sunday they'll be with us, and we got some special stuff planned. Uh, We're going to do church a little differently that Sunday. We're going to have all-day church. We're going to make up for the fact that you got church every day of the week. (laughs) We're going to do it all in one day, and we're going to serve some people in our community. Uh, it's going to probably take most of the uh, Sunday into Sunday afternoon to get that done. And then Monday, there's another church locally they're going to be with doing some kind of outreach to local kids, local teens, maybe junior high, high school. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Tuesday, the Boys and Girls Club and possibly Family Promise, which is a local homeless fa- family homelessness ministry. They minister to families kind of in crisis. And then maybe swap them on Wednesday a little bit, break up the group a little bit, and have some boys and girls club, some family promise, and then switch them around. And then we got some stuff around here just in case they're bored. If they don't have enough to do, uh, we're gonna we're gonna find something for them to do. We're gonna be housing them. They're gonna be sleeping here, and then being fed here. So we gotta feed them three meals a day. Come on, and it's gonna be a blast. I'm gonna I'm gonna try and be with them as much as possible. Sounds like you set the bar pretty high. You were with them like all day or something? Yeah, but it was disaster relief, so. Okay. So post-Ida, you were. Yeah. should have called. I was me. really tired. Yeah. Uh, imagine you were. <laughs> imagine you were. 11 o'clock. It's yep. a long day. 
It is. Long day. Especially when you're doing demolition. But it was, again, that's how you demonstrate the love of God. We don't know you. This one particular group that we're talking about was from Michigan. Um, And the pastor came with the group. And we went into people's houses. We never met them before. Um, I connected with a church in Laplace. And they they just said, these people need help. We showed up. How can we help? How can we serve? And just in that, um, I think that's how you, I said, we want to reflect and we want to reveal. And so we're not, and then at the end of each time, hey, can we pray with you? Do you need anything? And then we just pray. And it was just, I think we we gutted and fixed, not fixed, gutted 11 homes that week. So did that, was that team already scheduled to come? So this was like, oh, Ida just happened. Yeah. Let's get a team together. So FYI, just in case I forget to tell you this later, if that happens again, tell them we got some room if they want to do some work. Absolutely. I just – I did, uh, look, Justin, are you listening? Yeah, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, because yeah. we, we had a group – we've been through enough storms in, in a variety of places. I – uh, you know, in the in the two years that we've been here, there was five storms that mm-hmm. first uh, hurricane season we were here. And I just feel like I don't even know what to do. Like I don't know who to help. I don't know how to help. Yeah. Uh, you know, this last one, I got in my car at one point just to come check on the church and all that kind of stuff. I couldn't get anywhere. <laughs> the lines wow. for gas were just insane. And then St. Tammany Parish Sheriff's Office is like – Hey, we need to do a show home. on that. Stay home. The on gas what? lines. Yeah, that's no joke. Oh, my gosh. Well, so what I wanted to do was, hey, we know that hurricanes are coming just about every year. Mm-hmm. Right? There's going to be a hurricane. And we are located in a place that's probably close <laughs> within driving distance of where this hurricane, whatever hurricane it is, might might happen. We might be in its path. What if we were just prepared? Like, what if we filled up? Preparation is never wasted time. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, maybe. Depends on who's doing the preparing. Yeah. I can waste an awful lot of time. <laughs> just so you know. Wow. But, uh, no, I, but I think preparation, like, what if we just had a whole ton of gas cans? Maybe we don't put the gas in yet, but hey, there's a storm coming. Let's start filling gas cans. You know, May, June, start filling gas cans. Can gas go bad? It lasts about a year, I think, is you can have it for about a year. But hey, let's fill them up. And whoever gets hit, we're going to drive them to them. Or if it's our neighborhood, I mean, maybe we need the police to come and (laughs) keep everybody organized. Yeah, keep everybody uh, behaved. But here. Here's five gallons cans of gas. Uh, fill. We got a room somewhere that we should be able to fill it with water. You know, cases of water. Um, maybe there's food. I, I, our space. We get in the summertime. We kind of get overrun with kids. We have a huge summer camp, so space becomes uh, very valuable. So I haven't quite figured this out yet, but. It seems like we should be ready for that. This sounds like a Holy Ghost idea. I think so. I just haven't – I keep talking about it because I figure if I keep talking about it, eventually someone will jump on board and someone will do help it. make it happen. Yeah. 
Well, because I can do so. Mu- I can only do so much. You know. I, I think Miss Lori is watching. So she might be. She. I think she knows this idea. Maybe not. Anyway, you guys PPM. can have some more bonding. PPM, come on down. App. Next, Ida. We had. Uh, I think it was Saturday after Ida. So Ida came Sunday night into Monday. And then Saturday, I got a phone call from Mayor Cromer, Mm. Slidell's mayor. I had sent him a text on Wednesday and I said, hey, we got power back at the church and thousands of square feet of space. So come on down. You got anybody that needs a place to stay? You got crews, you got people, the houses have been messed up. And uh, okay, Saturday he calls me. He's got this crew of guys that came from Florida, gave up their holiday weekend, this was Labor Day weekend, to come and chop up trees. They had wow. like earth moving equipment. Yeah. They, everything. It's like 13 of them. And they were going to go to Meridian, Mississippi, three hours away, because that was the closest hotel they could get. And then come back the next morning and do more. And he's like, no. He called me. I was like, yeah, hey, we got space. I mean, I don't have any beds or anything. I'm going to have to work on that. But we threw it together. And so, so we can do it. Yeah. Next hurricane season. I'll let them know. Because. But you do have to prepare. You do have to prepare a little yes. bit. Yeah. That's so. the third time we've talked about that. It's the third time you've talked about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not talking about this. But this is all the love of Jesus. Uh, I was actually talking to somebody the other day. She said, I was in church, but I never felt the love of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And then now I'm at this other church because I didn't give up on Jesus, just kind of gave up on that particular church. And I found this one church and I think she had said she was in college at the time. Somebody found out she was sick, showed up at her her door with food. She's like, what's this? She's like, yeah. Oh, well, we just heard you were sick and we love you. So you know, you're like family. Love of Jesus. Right? There it is. Not enough of that happened. I think all the other stuff, sorry. Uh, go no, ahead. I'm talking way too much, please. No. All, the other, all the other stuff that we do sometimes is is – Again, this is just my experience. All the other stuff we do without love, First uh, Corinthians thirteen, it's just loud sounds and noise. And but if we don't, if we don't first, and for me, I, I always I said it earlier. I, I encountered it myself. So now Romans five, the love of God is shed abroad in my heart. My hope won't be ashamed by the Holy Spirit. One translation says we have a love transfusion. You've been given a love transfusion. So there's like. I'm going to say it how I say it privately. There's like what my daddy taught me and there's what my father's teaching me. Mm. And Jesus was that model. So lay your life down, serve, give food, do it practically. And then it'll become more automatically in our lives when we do that. So that's why we go door to door and do things like that. Just to show it. Mm. Am I making sense? You're, You're looking at me with that look. I, no, I had this uh, – I'm trying to think of who I had this conversation with. I feel like maybe it was you. Probably. Did you say the Francis of Assisi quote and then I said Francis of Assisi? Yes. So preach the gospel at all times when necessary. When necessary, use words. Use words. Yes. 
and my Lutheran colleagues are just That's really it. I've had enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cuz no, it's the word like you have to say the word like yeah. which you know, preaching comes by you know, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And how can they hear if no one preaches and mm-hmm. I get that, but your preaching doesn't matter when it's not backed up by some of this other stuff. Yeah. They got to actually believe it's possible. If you're going to tell I haven't said this in a while. If you're going to tell somebody about a God that loves, but you don't love, why would they believe you? If you're going to teach them about a, introduce them, help them have an encounter with a God who forgives, Mm -hmm. why would they believe you if you don't forgive? About a God who serves, a God who lays down his life, a God who, why are they going to do that if you ain't doing it? Mm -hmm. Right? And we can go on and on about all the qualities of Jesus, the facets of the gospel, but if, I mean, it's pretty hard to believe, isn't it? Without a demonstration? Yep. I mean, there ain't a whole lot of people. Well, I mean, it's not as bad 2022, maybe just because we tuned everybody out finally. But 2020 was rough. 2021 wasn't much better. Wait, you said you we know? tuned everybody <laughs> No, well, like we were talking earlier. Earlier, yes. You know, we just, don't watch, we just don't watch the news anymore. Yep. <laughs> PPC, pre-podcast. <laughs> We just don't watch the news anyway. We don't. I don't. I mean, there are people that still watch it, like, religiously. Interesting. Um, anyway. Any other insight? Oh, the, so the itinerant preacher thing. I don't even know what we're talking about anymore, but go ahead. How did you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, are we, our, our flow is we're just going, so. We're, we're going. That's what I meant when I said that. Yeah. We're going. So you had mentioned pre-podcast mm-hmm. and then I said don't talk about it because you're gonna we're gonna lose it mm-hmm. so how did you go from coming to Christ that corner Bourbon Street yelling and screaming at those poor people yep. with to, a beverage in my hand with a beverage at least you didn't throw it at him you did <laughs> okay so you threw a beverage at this poor, poor couple. Mm-hmm. How did you get to be Pastor Grigsby? I don't know. <laughs> it's my. You have to say more than I that. I still feel like that's my dad. I don't know who that is, Pastor Grigsby. But so again, without going all the way there, do we have time for this? Do you have time for this? I do. Well. You got to be somewhere at three o'clock. I don't have time for this. I have okay. to go to church. Okay. Yes, I'll go quick though. I'll say this part quick. So, do you want me to save this for another time? You can give us the short version. So that that original encounter on Bourbon Street, um, I, I got saved. I I, I I surrendered my life to Jesus about I think a day day later, um, and right after that, um, the story about you know your name's been written in the book of life. I had. Uh, three dreams. One was about people that spoke Swahili. Mm. Um, one was about a people that spoke um, Spanish. And the other one was about pastoring a church. So in my complete ignorance of dreams and all of that, I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know what it was. Um, the next day, so this was, I got saved like on a Wednesday. The next Sunday, a lady from my church came to me and said, 
um, I just felt led to give you this book. It was a book called Plans, Purposes, and Pursuits. Um, I read the book. There was a Bible college at the back of it, and I thought I should go to that Bible college. Um, I did, and then when I got to the Bible college, I was in one of my teachers, the dean of my school. He wasn't the dean at the time, but Dean Tad Gregoritz. Shout out to Dean Tad. Um, and he said, we're going to go doing a mission trip to Kenya, and they speak Swahili. I was like, I should probably go on that trip. <laughs> and so did that, went to Costa Rica, served for several years. Um, towards the end of the missionary stuff, I started preaching at just going, churches started inviting me in the minister, tell us about your trip, and then it kind of turned into going from church to church to where now we're pastoring a church. So. Swahili, Spanish, pastor in the church. And now we're in that third wow. thing. I wish God would be that clear with me. He can be. <laughs> or maybe he is and I'm just that obtuse or There's that so much we want to say stubborn here. Stubborn there is, but we got to go. You got to yeah. go. You got church. Literally got to go to church. You have a Snickers bar to finish too. So – I hope this has been helpful. I know it's been helpful for me just having the conversation and hearing about some of your story and uh, like the stuff with the kids. I mean, there's just so many things we could have gone off onto and then my brain would think of something else. And, you know, so here we are. But that's why you're going to come back. I love you, Pastor Abel. I love you too, brother. This is good. And uh, hope to see you again sometime soon. Probably next week. Probably next week. Okay. (laughs) Come on back. All right, hey, y'all, this is Ecom Grigsby here with us in the Open Arms Podcast Studio, pastor at Word of Life Church in Donaldsonville and ministry leader at Praying Pelicans Missions. We didn't even get into the whole thing about the pelican. You have to come back and tell that story. Yes. but uh, Maybe Justin can do that. Maybe Je- we'll let Justin do that? Yeah. Okay. It kind of went in with your love thing, and I thought about it, but I never, and here we are. God we bless have to you. Stop. Yes, we have God to stop. bless we have to stop. you. It's been great to be with you. Hope to catch up with you real soon. Later.